All right, intro, third podcast. Welcome back. It's Gridiron Zeros. Uh, I'm your hungover host, Lucas Scott, joined by my better half, my cousin, Alex Scott. How slightly, are you? Slightly less hungover than you, but yeah, got a little bit of one too. Yeah. Well, um, we're we're trying to get through this by drinking, um, so we'll see how it goes. This week, we're going to be uh, talking about Big Shocker free agency. A uh, lot, a lot, a lot of moves happen in the NFL. We're going to be trying to cover as much as we can. A lot of moves that made us look like idiots from last week, by the yeah, way. Yeah, uh, I was um, quite just, a few of those. just a few numbers off on my fake contracts. Some of them I was close, but for the most part, I was completely wrong. So, some, some big surprises. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. So some big, big transactions this last week in the NFL. Um, we figured we'd kind of break everything down by position. Um, first and foremost being the quarterback moves this week. Um, Obviously. Yeah, there was there was some some big changes uh, in the quarterback landscape. Uh, the first one being that we want to touch on was Andy Dalton signing with the Bears. Uh, we have kind of been talking about uh, this being the Russell Wilson dream destination, and it seems like that's no longer going to happen now that they bring in Andy Dalton on a one-year, uh, ten million dollar contract. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, Lucas, what do you think of the move? Um, I mean, I really thought that Russell Wilson was a pipe dream. Uh, thought there was no chance that was actually going to happen because I mean, like, I can't picture Seattle dealing him. So. Uh, I guess really like their next best best option was Dalton. You don't think their next best option was to keep Trubisky around for a one well, year deal? I thought so, but I mean they're not going to do that. I like, don't know. It I don't know. Really why. seems like they hate him, which I don't get it either. I think he he has shown flashes here and there, um, so I, I don't fully understand it. But if if you're going to go with a new quarterback. You know, really now that I'm thinking about it too, they have foals, and I don't know why you just take a shot with him for one year. But I mean, I, I they might do that. Who knows? You know, Dalton might not be the starter. I would assume that he's going to be the starter there. I bet Bears fans are just thinking this is the most Bears move they could have yeah. made um, because they just don't seem to have a grasp on how to actually handle their quarterback situation properly. No. No, I don't think this signing has any juice to it. Like, I don't think this is getting anyone excited. Oh, they, heavens. No. I think he's just it's a step in the wrong direction. Yeah, they're not going to draft someone this year no. because both the GM and the head coach are kind of on the hot seat. So they need to just bring in a stopgap and see what happens kind of mm-hmm. thing. And for some reason, they kind of felt he was the best choice. I know that their, their OC, uh, Bill Lazor, has a connection to Andy Dalton from his time in Cincy. So there's, oh, really? there's something there, I guess. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what a dreadful quarterback room with him and Nick Foles and whoever they end up adding in the offseason here. But it's just it's, this feels like very that's it. Very they're, they're going into the season with Dalton and Foles. Um, and, yeah, I mean, who is going to be the starter? No idea. Well, Foles Foles has never been a good starting quarterback. No, never. In Philly, he had a. He had yeah, that one great good, really run. good season. Well, I'm not even talking about the Super Bowl. I'm talking about when he was a legit starter for them 
when uh when way back way back when uh god what's his name chip kelly was there and he had that crazy yeah. good year he was actually the starter for the year and then he went to casey right and he's been a career backup ever since yeah. and he of course had the legendary super bowl playoff run yeah. as a backup yeah he just he's never been a consistent starting quarterback he was with the jaguars i think everyone kind of forgets mm-hmm. about until i mean he got injured year. the first first game yeah so i mean that seems to be his biggest issue is you know he can't really stay healthy because i mean he got injured last season too that's why drew Bisky came back in it does andy dalton seem like an upgrade over Foles in any way no. to you doesn't to me no not at all so i mean i don't think it's a great signing but I mean, I guess that's good for us. Yeah, it's great for us Lions fans. <laughs> uh, I guess their best option at this point with these two on the roster is maybe throw a dart to someone later in the draft if you have a set, you know, like a third yeah. round, fourth round pick and there's someone that's kind of interesting. Maybe you kind of luck out here. I guess I, I understand the hesitation not going, we're going to trade up and get another quarterback. Like, that didn't work so well last no, time. It did not. Uh, and that was such a – Stupid ass trade. I know. Well, let's not get into it. Let's go on to the next guy. All right. So the uh, next big quarterback signing, I guess we can talk about kind of going off of the Bears, is Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, He signs a one-year deal to be the backup in Buffalo to Josh Allen because he Mm -hmm. obviously does not expect to start, obviously, unless there's some injury. Yeah, I don't know who would give him that option. You mean this year? Yeah. Uh, he'd, he'd, be he'd go compete some somewhere, probably. Probably, you know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're not competing in Buffalo. No. Uh, I listened to uh, Brandon Bean or whoever the Buffalo Bills GM is, kind of them talking about this transaction in their press conference, and uh, they were very clearly making it just sound like, yeah, we know he's not going to be here long term. This is a one year thing. Yeah. He's just going to be he's here and try and get an opportunity to do something and prove that he can go out there and go get a, a contract down the road from another team. They're totally aware this is the situation. He's just their backup. And I think it, it kind of reminds me of the Jameis move when he yeah. signed with New, New Orleans, Orleans and kind of look where that went. I mean, yeah. he's probably not going to be signing an extension in Buffalo, but uh, maybe, maybe he'll flash a little bit. Well, you know what, you know, what's interesting about that is I was a little puzzled by the move because like I said, I, I do believe that, he could compete for a starting job somewhere. Um, and obviously he's not going to do that with Buffalo. He's back up. It's locked in stone. Like there's no way, mm-hmm. but it's an interesting move because you look at the progression that Josh Allen has had, you know, like when he came into the league, he showed flashes here and there, and then he made a huge jump this past season and became very accurate way more accurate than he was in his first season. So maybe that's why Trubisky ended up being like, you know what, I'll go to Buffalo. Maybe they can help me with my accuracy for one year, and then I'll make him to jump and try to get a starting job somewhere else. Yeah, I guess the more I think about it, it is kind of a win-win because um, because Trubisky's skill set as a quarterback are pretty similar to Josh Allen. Josh yeah. Allen is just like – five times better than yeah. him in every area. Right but, now, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, with the proper system around him and with the coaching staff that can take those elements of his game and just kind of bump them up, yeah. maybe that makes him a more attractive long-term option next year. Maybe he kind of gets like a Teddy Bridgewater contract next year where it's like, okay, like we'll give you a year or two to see if you can yeah. be our guy. And maybe – I mean, he's still so young. He's still oh, like yeah. 
in his mid-20s. So he's got a lot of time here to kind of course correct. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll just leave it one last thing with, with Trubisky is that the, the Bears did not really do him a lot of favors when mm-hmm. he was there. Um, they Besides Allen Robinson, they didn't surround him with a ton of, of talent. Yeah, and I mean, like, good luck Andy Dalton. It's <laughs> Yeah, seriously. So it's a mega inconsistent franchise, and uh, I think this will benefit him in the long run. So it's an interesting time. It is. It is. What do you got for the next one? Uh, kind of going down my list here. Let's see. Let's talk about Fitz going to the Washington football team. Uh, One-year deal. I like it. I guess. They they seemed like they were kind of looking for a longer-term option maybe and Matthew Stafford or maybe a Sam Darnold. Oh, I, I, I did hear that. So I did hear that it, there was a possibility he was going to go there. So they land on Fitzpatrick, who similarly to Nick Foles can kind of go from Fitz magic to Fitz tragic. And it's a roller coaster ride the whole season. Yeah. And I don't, some people are saying this is like a slam dunk signing just because he flashed a bit with the Dolphins. But I mean, there's mm-hmm. the reason the dude has been on oh, 25 God. teams, literally, ever, you know? I, I think he might have played for every single team in the NFL at this point. <laughs> he's, he's getting close to that Josh McCown number where he's had almost <laughs> played everywhere. So. Oh I, man. I guess I like it. Uh, I think if they he's got some good weapons, you know, like that that offense isn't completely, you know, horrible. You know, they 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 got Terry. They just signed Curtis Samuel. It's fast wide receiving core. They got a good running back core. I don't know how the offensive line is. I don't think it's that great, but I don't think it's that bad either. Um, so I, I like it. I I always love seeing Fitzpatrick start somewhere. And I really think that he kind of got done dirty last season with the Dolphins. You know, I, I don't. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I really don't. Uh, I mean, he was doing good, and then they just put two in. And I think Tua that was the smartest shit in the bed. I think that was the smartest thing they could have done actually when they put two in because like right at the peak. Yeah, there's so there's so many for football. There are right as he starts his career. There are so many teams that throw a young QB to the wolves in a terrible offense like a Mitchell Trubisky. And just or a Sam Darnold's probably a better example. Just figure yeah. it out. And uh, a lot of uh, Josh Rosen, all these yeah. guys just sink and they don't swim. And you put Tua into a team that's playing well, and they're not, I mean, the fact have kept them out the entire year. Then the fact that that they were even sniffing the playoffs last year was amazing yeah. to say the least, because they were in a terrible spot the last couple of years. So, uh, they, right. so they've, they've been really bad the last couple of years. And I think it was a a unique opportunity to throw a young guy into actually a thriving team and see what he's got. Jury's out on Tua. I'm not trying to defend Tua here. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really know what to think of him yet, but uh, I think that's a, that's a better option than keeping Fitzpatrick out there where you know what you're going to get. He's he's 36 years old. He's not your long-term answer, but like, what's the point ultimately if you're trying to build a winning team for like I years guess. to come? So. Do you think they make the playoffs if they leave Fitzpatrick in? Uh, you're saying Miami or Washington? Miami. Uh, the chances are pretty similar. Uh, I do. They weren't that far out with Tua. No, they weren't. So, but, I mean, Fitzpatrick put them in that position. I guess. I They might have. But they were close to getting it anyways. So, who knows? It could have been a coin. The one game that I think they win is against Denver. I remember that game very clearly. And he came in very late in the game. Because they benched Tua. And I think that they win that game if he's a starter. 
Yeah, they put him in a lot of times to be that kind of relief pitcher. That's the yeah. word I've been hearing thrown around a lot when it comes to Fitz. And he fit that role well. I don't think Tua wanted anything to do with no. it anymore. So he goes to Washington now. And uh, besides Taylor Heineke, he doesn't really have a lot of competition. I like the move kind of similarly also to the like the Patriots signing Cam we kind of touched on last week. I, I like it if, again, in the draft, they throw a dart on someone and they can groom someone long-term. Because Washington needs that. Yeah. Fitzpatrick's 36 years old. Yeah. He might be there for two years or what? I mean, quarterbacks play for a while now, but mm-hmm. he's not their long term answer. And it's it's a good move for this year because they are just a quarterback away, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but long term, I don't love the move. All right. What do you got next? We have Jacoby Brissett signing with the Dolphins. Another guy that I think can go somewhere and compete for a starting job. But this one felt more low, low key, like it did. he might. Be competing. Oh, you think? I, I kind of think so. But yeah. Brian Flores seems kind of no nonsense, best player is going to play kind of thing, which yeah. is why he had Fitzpatrick going to do these relief pitcher kind of moments last you know last year. So there are concerns about Tua and the jury's out, as we kind of touched on a few seconds ago. But mm-hmm. Seth's kind of an interesting uh, signing for them. He He's a good backup if he doesn't start. He seems like he was very yeah. well liked in, in mm-hmm. Indy. And uh, New England, so I, I like the move as far as the backup goes, and maybe there's something there if Tua doesn't pan out. You've at least got a competent backup who's not going to lose yeah. you the game. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I agree completely. All right, so next here, uh, this is this is probably the most controversial of all the quarterback transactions this offseason so far. Uh, it's got many layers to it, it would seem, but the New Orleans Saints re-signed both Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston under contract. And they signed Taysom Hill to a fat contract. Yeah, it's uh, – well, first off, Drew Brees officially retires, retires, which is not really a surprise to anyone. Um, Seemed like a long time coming at this point. He ain't got the juice in. Literally the day that he retired, probably a half hour after, we're seeing reports break that, that, that they're extending Taysom Hill to a $140 million contract. Over what, four years? Over four years. What the f***? We, that makes no sense. Everything that I've heard about this so far has seemed like it's not legit. This is a uh, kind of a mirage contract. He's he's guaranteed yeah. a, a lot of that money, but also they're not – it's a contract that's friendly, so they don't have to really commit to him for the next four years for that amount of money. But the weirdest thing is then they go and sign Jameis. Yeah. Right after, like, e- like even this, this is a weird contract or whatever, however it's structured, uh, the fact is that they brought them both back. I Yeah, I was seeing um, a lot of tweets from, like, NFL reporters saying, you know, it's a good signing. And I can't for the life of me figure out why. I'm not going to dive deep into it and try to figure out, you know, why it's actually like helping their cap situation or yeah they they saved seven million dollars in the cap from restructuring Taysom Hill's contract the way that it currently is well that makes absolutely no sense to me how that's possible but (laughs) I mean the cap is the cap um no cap uh that was good yeah thank you can Um, we just say really fast too for for reference here Dak Prescott just signed a deal for four years for 160 million dollars yeah Taysom Hill gets a contract for $20 million less. Um, and the, the dude has not even played. Make it make sense. You know, it doesn't. 
I get that he's a Swiss Army knife, and you can put him anywhere. But I mean, holy, <laughs> the guy can't throw the football. There's, there's not been a moment that I've seen of, of him where I'm thinking that, oh, there's no way that they can ever survive without having this guy, and they need to lock him up forever. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Again, I think the contract is a little bit of a mirage. I think there's some something funky going on there, yeah. and it's not really what it seems, according to people around the league, but uh, he is signed for the next four years on paper, technically, for that much money, and uh, I guess now him and Jameis are going to compete for the starting job, even though one is making I, that I contract. Do. If they limp out Taysom Hill as a starting quarterback next year, goodbye playoffs. He's sneaky uh, sneaky old, too. He, I think he's 31. Uh, you're 30. kidding. No, he's not like a young guy. <laughs> like he's halfway through his career, presumably, especially with oh, the style that he, that he plays. Yeah, he's, he's taking shots every he – never, he never slides. No. He's going to take a shot every time he runs the ball. He's very physical. Uh, he he plays that mobile West Coast style, but yeah. a lot more just scrambling and running and yeah. trick plays and direct yeah. snaps. It, it's a weird offense, but it works for them. Okay, so let's let's kind of flip it to Jameis here because we talked a lot about Taysom Hill. What is what's Jameis's outlook here? I mean, what do you think? I mean, he. He's going to be getting some playing time this year. He has to. There's no way that they're going to start Taysom Hill every game. I imagine – I really, really have to imagine that it's going to be a similar situation to last year where James – or, like, James now fills Drew Brees' role where, you know, he's taking a majority of the snaps and then on a third and four, they bring out Taysom Hill, do a direct snap, runoff tackle, and they pick up two yards and have to punt. You're paying Taysom Hill that much money to do that. Exactly. It makes no sense. And Jameis is the is the weird to say it, but like the bell cow quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> like that's so bizarre. Yeah. Which I'm like, I'm excited for. I, I think Jameis gets a bad rap. He's obviously had some very bad moments, some very bad decisions when it comes to throwing the football. But I think that, you know, in that situation, I think that he can, you know, kind of thrive and Prove to everybody that you know he's a he's a QB one, and I think that's why it's a one year deal. What's the best possible outcome for the Saints in this scenario? Um, I don't I don't know what it is. I guess I would say that it's they make Super Bowl, but I'm talking just in yeah, terms of like with realistic these, with these quarterbacks. What's the, yeah. what's the best possible outcome that Taysom Hill balls out and you've got under. A super expensive contract. The guy grows a new arm and can actually throw the football. <laughs> or that Jameis falls out and, and then you, you got to resign him. Yeah. And it's like, why are you paying Taysom Hill all that money then? <laughs> it's really, I, I don't know. I don't know if it can work out in their favor at this point. So correct us if we're wrong in the uh, in the various comment sections of, of uh, YouTube and whatever else if we just yeah. are completely botching this. Uh, this QB tandem situation, but it's it's bizarre. I can't imagine that somebody has a better idea than we do. Well, not saying that we have the right idea, but it's kind of just a question mark for yeah, everyone. It is 100%. Like, who knows what they're going to do next season? Lastly, we have uh, Tyrod Taylor signing with Houston Texans. Is he going to be the starter? Who yeah. Knows? This, this had some implications to me. Yeah. Thinking that he's probably 
If Deshaun's not uh, there, Deshaun, Deshaun might be behind bars for all we know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Seven lawsuits. Yeah, we, we won't touch too much on this uh, in this podcast, but yeah, as of this recording, Deshaun Watson is having some um, off off the field issues yeah. to say the least, and some legal troubles. Crazy. So, yeah. but as far as Tyrod goes, um, he's fine. He's yeah. kind of similar to Jacoby. He's good not, backup. It's a good backup. He's not going to lose you a game. I don't think yeah. he's he's kind of jumped around from team to team the last couple of years. Ever since uh, ever since that Cleveland signing, when he went from Buffalo to Cleveland, and they drafted Baker, he seems like he's just been the the backup to the young guy and. Mm-hmm. That's basically been it last year to the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Yeah. He had that weird injury that kept him what out. A preposterous injury. I completely forgot about that until now. We didn't we didn't really see too much of him last year. No, not like, really. I mean, Herbert came in and I mean he won that starting job fair and square. Yeah, talk he about played a played good. Talk about a stark contrast between Tua and Herbert. Yeah. <laughs> Herbert's like locked and loaded, gonna yeah. be their guy for twenty years probably. Yeah. So uh, I, I like it. If, if Deshaun is, is not there, he's he's an option. Serviceable. He's serviceable. They're I mean, not trying to win anytime soon. I mean, that team is decimated. I don't know, man. I don't know what their plan is. I don't know if they're blowing it up. I don't know if they're trying to win now. It does seem like they're blowing it up. I mean, they let J.J. walk. They let Fuller walk. They have, I mean, who do they have at wide receiver now? Uh, I believe they have Brandon Cooks. And uh, Kenny Stills. That's I mean, a couple of guys, but not not too much. Mm. So that's it for quarterbacks. Uh, do you want to kind of jump into the next area of, of free agency here? Yeah. All right. Uh, flipping the script now, let's move over to the offensive skill positions, wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, et cetera, et cetera. Um, let's lead out with the one that stings the most. Uh, Kenny Galladay uh, gets – the bag that he deserves uh, with a four-year, $72 million um, contract with the New York Giants, 40 of it is guaranteed, um, 18 mil a year, which I believe was the same amount that we offered him, just a five-year contract instead of a four. Um, good for him. Good for him. <laughs> uh, I'm not salty about it at all. Yeah, you can't really see it on an audio format. No, but, but you can like sense the sarcasm a little bit, maybe. But I am upset about it. Well, why are you upset? Because that we offered him basically the same amount of I say we, the Detroit Lions offered yeah. him the same amount of money, if not more, than the New York Giants did. Yeah. And, and it's like <laughs> okay, go from one losing franchise to another. I mean are the Giants that much better? I mean, I guess they do have a better outlook than we do at the moment. Uh, I, right I feel now, like you right can't. Now. Yeah, you can't argue that they right do have now. a better outlook than we do. Right now, they have a they have a couple years on us in terms of their rebuild. And yeah, they, uh, they got good. some. I mean, with Kenny now, they got some good skill positions. Well, listen to this Saquon. offense. They got. Daniel Jones, who, who question mark? I, I you got to say question mark. He's obviously shown that he can be competent and throw a good ball, but Saquon Barkley, uh, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, and uh, big play slay, big play slay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the new one, not the former. Yeah, and Kenny Galladay. I mean, that's, that's a that's a really solid offensive. I think they have a shite offensive line though. 
they drafted someone pretty high up last year. Yeah. I think that's probably what they're looking at in the draft again this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they overpaid. Good defense, though. Pretty solid from what I can remember. Right. So if you have and to see, in a division that is horrible. And they did flash last year. Yeah, they so, did. I mean, they beat Seattle and Seattle. Adding Kenny Galladay to that roster is, I think it's a good move. They probably, I don't want to say they're overpaying, but he's definitely, that's top of the market contract. And you kind of just, he's top market, top market wide receiver. Kenny took his time deciding where he wanted to go. He went and visited a couple teams. I thank God he didn't sign with the Bears. Oh, I know. Oh, God. I know. Uh, Thank the Lord. As of this recording, he was the pretty much most recent. Why did yeah. to sign the team? So it was exciting to see him finally choose his spot. Um, we're going to miss him in Detroit. Mm-hmm. We wish him all the best. Uh, I think the deal makes sense for everyone involved. I'm glad he got paid. And I did. I know. And we talked about it in our uh, discussion of, of Brad Holmes a little bit, but I'm glad we, we didn't extend him to a five-year contract when, when Quinn and Patricia were here because – We'd be locked in for a lot of money for a guy that's right in his prime on a team that's going nowhere for a couple of years. So that is fair. It that makes fair. it makes Absolutely. sense for him to. He probably just saw the writing on the wall in Detroit and said, eh, "This is not going to yeah. work. I'm just going to get what I can get somewhere else." And you know, yeah. move on. No, that's totally fair. Speaking of moving on, who's next? Um, Marvin Jones, another one, another stinger. This one was more confusing to me than Kenny. Um, goes to Jacksonville on a two-year, $12.5 million contract. Uh, nine guaranteed. Quite a bit in that guarantee. That's kind of nice. I I like it because Jacksonville needs weapons for Trevor, presumably Trevor Lawrence. As the I mean, yeah. Time will tell. Yeah. But I, I figured he was going to want to go somewhere where he could go compete for a Super Bowl. Yeah. And he goes to the Jaguars. I mean, who knows? I'm pretty sure they're not going to compete for a Super Bowl anytime soon. <laughs> That's a tough division, too. Yeah. They're, a lot they're, of good teams in that division. They're about to get their QB of the future at the number one pick, probably. And they're at, they got Urban Myers, the head coach now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. They've been making a lot of uh, additions. A lot of moves. They also signed Jamal Agnew, which tough. But well, now that Daryl Bevel is the OC in yeah. Jacksonville – I'm sure he oh, was put in a good word yeah. for Marvin and Jamal Agnew, and I guess that makes it an attractive spot for Marvin. He knows he's going to get production. He, he got a, a nice fat contract for the point he's at in his career. Uh, he gets to move to sunny Florida. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no no uh, state income tax on, on that, so he's yeah. going to be getting that full that full contract. That full nine. Uh, it's, it's a good move for him, I guess, but it, just, it was a little surprising, I guess, because we pegged him to be going to L.A., LA or a team that's gonna go compete for a Super Bowl mm-hmm. next year, not the team that's picking number one in the draft. I mean, what a what an interesting career when you get down to it. He goes from Cincy to Detroit, Jacksonville. You know, I just realized it's funny, it's all uh all like exotic cats. You got Bengals, Lions, Jaguars. Ah. It's kind of funny. Panthers will be his last stop. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um all right, the next one I wanted to touch on was uh, Juju. Interesting, interesting decision. Um, he elects to stay in Pittsburgh for one more year, $8 million contract, when he was offered a one-year, I think, $13 million contract with the Baltimore Ravens. 
and a one year, it might have been nine or 11 um, million dollar contract with the Chiefs. This this signing shows me that this dude wants to be a Steeler mm -hmm. because I understand that they didn't offer him, as you would say, Buco Bucks. Yeah, uh, to for like a long term deal to stick around because free agency is kind of weird this season. A lot of guys are signing oh, one year one year deals and not for a lot of money. But the fact that the that their arch rival, the Baltimore Ravens, offered him more money in the same amount of time, and he just said, no. I mean, he really could have stuck it to him. Totally, and the Ravens totally used his services. Yeah. They they missed out on a lot of good receivers and crazy crops. So nobody wants to go catch balls from Noodle Arm Jackson. <laughs> no, uh, so I, I from that perspective, if I was a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I'd kind of be you know pumping my fist in the air, saying, "Yeah, he's he's going to be a Steeler for many years to come." Hopefully, you know, when I was going through Twitter and looking for Kenny Galladay news, I was seeing a lot of. Um, you know, Ravens fans, you know, kind of piping up and saying, you know, come play here. And a lot of times I also like got like the same, I would start to see threads where Ravens fans and Steelers fans were going back and forth. That's hilarious. And Steelers fans were, I almost want to say like hoping that Juju left and like they don't want him anymore. Really? Which, yeah, I mean, it's such a small sample size. So, I mean, take that with a grain of salt. My theory, though, is the Chiefs and the Ravens put in the fine print, uh, no TikToks and no dancing on opponent's 50-yard line on their logo. And he saw the fine print, and he was like, I can't. I can't do it. Yeah, Pittsburgh just infamously lets uh, people be psychos on their team. Yeah. So they can just you know, like, do whatever you want. Yeah, man. exactly. As long as, you're, as long as you're good, do what you want. Apparently, the Jets are making a big push for Juju as well. Uh, they're looking to build some semblance of a receiving core, and whether it's for Sam Darnold or if it's for Zach Wilson or whoever they end up drafting potentially. Uh, but Juju makes some, some signings. Juju says no and sticks to Pittsburgh. So we'll see if it leads to a long-term career in Pittsburgh or if it's just one more shot at the Big Ben Super Bowl run and we're yeah. just done after this year. And who knows? Um all right, last last wide receiver I want to touch on. Um, one that I was quite a bit off on when it came to the fake contract, uh, A.J. Green, uh, who received a one-year, $6 million deal with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I pegged him for a two-year, $34 million contract. Um, but we'll just you know leave it at that. What did you think of the signing? Uh, I was kind of negative on him during our show last week, just talking about how I wouldn't, especially to your uh, <laughs> proposed deal, I would not sign him just a tiny bit off. So I I don't know. It, it more importantly kind of shows that the Fitz, uh, Fitzgerald era in Arizona is seemingly coming to an end because uh, he doesn't really have a spot in this roster when they add AJ Green and they've got a couple young guys that got Hopkins. So I don't know where Larry fits into the equation, but um I don't like it, to be honest with you. The, the, the Cardinals have made a couple of head-scratcher, like, older veteran signings right now with yeah. this, like, seemingly young nucleus of players. and a team They really do. They don't have, like, a – they don't have a middle ground when it comes to age. No. It's either young or old. <laughs> I don't 
I guess I'd be curious to see how much of this money is like guaranteed or whatever, and uh, uh, how the contract it's totally fully guaranteed. It's one million or sorry, one year, six million dollar contract, fully guaranteed. That's whatever to me. I don't yeah. know. I don't expect much from it. It's again just a head scratcher. So I mean, who knows? I mean, uh, Hopkins is going to get double teamed basically every game next season. I have to imagine. AJ Green does not have the same like uh, like sex appeal as a name brand anymore that he used no. to back in a couple of years ago. So I mean, like this one, this one makes sense to me from AJ Green's standpoint, where he's going to go to a team where he's clearly not defined as wide receiver one. He's going to play wide receiver two. I don't even think we'll be that. Are you kidding me? Think I think so. I mean, who else they got? They got like Andy as Christian Bella, Kirk. Christian Kirk. Those guys make their system on. so much better than an, like AJ. I, I think AJ around Green one is leg. going to uh, pop off. I think he's going to have a good year. He's going to probably just fill the Larry Fitzgerald role. Probably. And since Cliff Kingsbury's gotten there, seems like that role has been diminishing. So that's true. I, but I, don't I, I really do think that he will. He'll have some. He'll he'll show that he's still got it, in my opinion. And I think that that is because. He'll show that he can be a good wide receiver too, and people will think he can still be a wide receiver one. The, so. Car- the Cardinals are really hoping for these two players in AJ Green and JJ uh, Watt, who have infamous injury history. They're hoping for them just to play a full sixteen games, and <laughs> let's just make a big playoff push in the toughest division in the NFL. Yeah. So I don't. I'm just ambivalent at this point on it. Yeah, I mean it will be interesting. All right, let's switch over to a couple of running backs. How about Kenyon Drake going from Arizona uh, to Las Vegas? Two-year, $11 million deal. Um, all the guaranteed. Oh, and, I didn't know that. Well, yeah. Um, it will be interesting to see how they play this out with, obviously, they're a running back of the future, Josh Jacobs. And obviously now, Kenyon Drake. Um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the uh, of the running back room rather than just having one Christian McCaffrey, one Saquon Barkley, Darren kind of being right yeah. the bell cow running back. I'm much more of a committee like system guy. Mm-hmm. So if that's their plan with these two, is just for them to be the two guys that kind of both like share the load of carries. I, I like it. I, I think Josh Jacobs obviously is a is a better running back and has a lot more upside. And I don't. He's probably still on his rookie deal, I'm going to guess. Yeah. So, which is why they can probably swing this. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like it. The Raiders' offense uh, could could use another dimension like this, and uh, if they have them both around, uh, it's interesting to me. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. Um, it is nice having that dynamic. You know, you don't have to rely on Josh Jacobs to carry the ball, you know, 25 times a game anymore, um, which he was doing just fine. Yeah, like he seemed like he was. Yeah, you know, he had his ups and downs, but um, just about every running back does. Uh, I think, I think to a certain degree, it'll probably be um, like a relief for Josh Jacobs not having to carry the load anymore when it comes to the running game, and he'll have you know somebody else that can help pitch in when it comes to that kind of stuff instead of Jalen Richard. Totally agree. Um. Weirdly enough, my uh, my fiance's dad is a big uh, Raiders fan, and he was 
he was saying to me because I texted him when they when they did the signing what he, what he thought, and he was saying, "I just hope they keep uh, Richard." Oh, really? Yeah, I guess uh, I guess that he, he loves him and thinks he's like a really uh, like great athlete just in terms of the running back position. So the, all three of them together, that's that's pretty that's pretty good. I actually forgot. Um, I don't even know if Jalen Richard was technically RB two because they had Devontae Booker. Um, oh yeah, they did. Yeah, who actually? Funny we bring him up. Uh, signed a two-year, $5.5 million deal with the New York Giants. I did not even hear that news. No, with you. neither did I. Uh, so he'll be going to back up um, Saquon now, which not a bad backup. Better backup than having Devontae Freeman last year, who probably yeah. looks shot. So yeah. <laughs> to say it nicely. Um, another interesting signing, uh, Mark Ingram goes from – former Heisman Trophy winner, uh, goes from Baltimore to Houston on a one-year $2.5 million deal. Just one year, you said? Yep. Uh, okay, Houston. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. you do. I don't know what we touched well, on earlier. What's the plan? Only 500000 guaranteed, which is kind of interesting. Uh, he's got a relationship with um, with the, their new head coach. Um, God, what's his name? I couldn't tell you. Well, he, he, was, he, was, the, he was a position coach on the Ravens. For a oh, long time. Okay. So that's that's why there was some I bet there was some kind of chemistry there and he saw it as a good spot to go because he'll know how to properly utilize Mark Ingram, I guess. Mm-hmm. So him and David Johnson are now in their backfield, and that's like the oldest backfield I I think starting in the NFL, probably. probably. And yeah. uh with David Johnson's injury history, if he goes down and Mark Ingram is your only guy and maybe you have because they were loose they released Duke Johnson. He's, yeah. he's not there anymore. Uh, it's it's not a very good backfield. Mm-hmm. Mark Ingram is much more of a complimentary piece at this point in his career. And if yeah. he, you know, if he wasn't making it work last year on the on the Ravens, which is a pretty run heavy team, uh, I don't really see his upside anywhere else like panning out. Quite a fall from grace for for him, because uh, I mean he was hardly in the rotation last year. Right, backs follow fast. Dobbins know? and Gus Edwards. So, um, pretty much it for running backs. Let's switch over to tight ends. New England secures two tight ends, uh, probably the top two tight ends available. Johnny Smith from Tennessee on a four-year, fifty million dollar contract. One of the ones that I was relatively close on. I said three-year, forty million dollar deal. We did. We did call that one. By the way, I was listening to the show. Like listening to it back while editing, and I remember saying Johnny the Patriots makes sense. So mm. we got one. <laughs> um, and then they also signed uh, former Los Angeles Charger um, Hunter Henry uh, to a three-year, the thirty-seven point five million dollar deal. I, I of all the Patriots frenzy of free agents that they acquired, mm-hmm. I think these two are the are the best. They make the most sense for them because uh, they infamously had the, the greatest tight end duo in the history of the NFL, arguably. So <laughs> adding these two guys who are both in their prime yeah. uh, to an offense that desperately, desperately needed some juice, uh, I like these signings a lot. And I'm, I'm curious to see if it's going to be a similar kind of split between uh, like the tight end action between the two. Like if it's going to be a 50-50 thing or if it's going to be – It's going to be both on the field at the same time. Who knows? Deal. Yeah. I'm excited to see Bill Belichick uh, cook with two tight ends that are good again. We've had to watch a lot of 
not very interesting tight end since Gronk left. So mm -hmm. it's good to have some actual uh, flavor. Some firepower. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the money's kind of a lot, but they don't seem to really care. Yeah, no, they, they're really spending a lot this uh, offseason. Um, yeah, I think it's, I, obviously I think it's a great signing for both of them. Um, I think that they're going to flourish in that system. They know how to do a two tight end system already. Um, and I think that, yeah, they'll, they'll both shine there. I really, I really do think that, um, but they have Cam Newton as a quarterback. That's, that's the question mark. Absolutely. He can do um, a little, but he can I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be dink and dunk offense. They're going to get nine catches for 90 yards a game. I would assume. Colin, and now they're both going to be fantasy darlings. You think so? Yeah. I feel like it's tough to do that when there's two of them. But, I mean, Hernandez and Gronk did it a couple of years back. So if, if anyone can make the two of them into elite fantasy players, uh, it would be the New England Patriots. Yeah, absolutely. We can touch on how Gronk returns to Tampa Bay for another year, uh, which I think is a little surprising. I would have figured that he would have, you know, hung up the cleats again after winning that Super Bowl. But <clears throat> he seems like he's just having fun. Yeah. So he, I think the reason he kind of quit out on the Patriots was because he was super banged up injury wise and also not having very much fun. Yeah. But now he's he's seemingly rejuvenated a bit, and he's with Tom, and they're at the top of the mountain. And he's in Tampa, and it's just party town, and like, why not? And it really seems like he doesn't have to turn it on. No. Until they need him to. They got 18 other weapons. They, yeah. don't, they don't necessarily need him to be what he was in New England, who was just no. the number one threat yeah. on that offense, receiving-wise. So uh, I, I, it makes it's very on-brand for Gronk to want yeah. to come back, I think. And I mean, look, a one-year, $8 million deal. Whatever. Like, yeah, absolutely. Come on back. These are the moves that they got to make if they, if they want to just get the band yeah. back together and, and compete. They got to just keep all these guys around. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, quickly touching on um, not the sexiest aspect, but uh, obviously very important, the offensive linemen that uh, signed some big contracts, um, starting out with a team that really needed some good help on the offensive line, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, who signed uh, the guard Joe Thune uh, from New England to a five-year, $80 million deal. Uh, arguably the get best guard out there. Uh, so huge help to Patrick Mahomes in keeping him healthy. Uh, I like the signing. I think, it, I think you know, they, they desperately needed to get some guys in there after releasing the two tackles. This uh, makes it pretty clear as to why they made the changes that they made at the offensive line. They, they released Eric Fisher and uh, I believe Mitchell Schwartz, both, both gone. Yeah, uh, Those are two key pieces. They drafted Fisher number one overall. Like seven, eight years ago, or whatever. So, ago. Uh, yeah, it was a big show. I think he's from CMU, by the way. He is. Yeah. yeah. Fire up chips. Sure. <laughs> uh, so it's yeah, they needed to make a big splash here, and they still have a lot of work to do on the O line to get Patrick Mahomes protection here for hopefully for years to come. Joe Thune is mm -hmm. still pretty young in terms of offensive linemen. Twenty nine. Yeah, about twenty twenty nine. So it's that's a. Good spot to be in his career. Uh, it, it makes them better, but like I said, they still have some holes to fill. So this is a step in the right direction for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then Trent Williams, who my fake contract was three years, $60 million. It wasn't 
completely far off, uh, just miscalculated by $3 million on a yearly average. Um, so Trent Williams stays with the San Francisco 49ers on a six-year, $138 million deal. How old is he? secured the bag. He's 33, so they're expecting him to play to 39. That is outrageous. Yeah. Um, total guaranteed was 55.1. This is insane. Yeah. That's, uh, that's crazy. So I can't imagine that he plays that out. Andrew Whitworth uh, for the Rams uh, is like one of the oldest offensive linemen in football. I don't even think he's that old, and he's, and he's probably yeah. going to be out pretty soon. I mean, like. I mean, Trent Williams is a phenomenal tackle. And he's got injury, severe injury history. Eh, I feel like, you know, he, had a, he, he, had a, he sat that year out because he was like, F the Redskins football team. Well, he had like a legit medical reason that he needed to not play. Also. But I think he was cleared at some point. Okay. And but, it was like, I'm not playing because you guys screwed me up. Okay, but regardless, it's still a big red flag. It is, 100%. It's, I mean, that's, that's a, like, okay, here we go. This has like, got to be a deal similarly to Taysom Hill where it's structured in a way that they can dip out of this if they have to. Yeah, I have to imagine. Um, that's the thing with a lot of these contracts is people read Taysom Hill $140 million four years. But we do have to keep in mind that th these teams aren't like we're just some jabronis talking about football. They know the contract situation is better than us, and yeah. they are perfectly aware, unless you're the Houston Texans or something, yeah. uh, of how to get out of a bad contract or like not to completely screw yourself over. So this seems like a situation where I really hope they have that stuff figured out. Within. Yeah, um, it's interesting. The 2021 cap hit is eight million dollars, which that seems like it means he's going to be a huge cap hit on the back end of that deal. Oh, boy. So that's interesting. Um, Don't like it. Yeah. And, you know, who is he going to protect? Yeah. I mean, you got that fat contract for Garoppolo. Are they going to try to unload that? Um, who knows? Yeah, thinking about it now, that's kind of interesting that they're one of the teams who's been weirdly silent on the quarterback front. They Yeah. Not even a backup, not even someone to come in and like be the backup of Jimmy G because he probably will go down. Yeah. So they they got to either be looking at the draft or they got to be looking at like a Sam Darnold or, or maybe Watson if, if everything kind of crumbles further. Yeah. So I don't know. Who knows? All right. So switching over to the defensive side, um, in the secondary, we had a couple signings. Uh, somebody who was paid quite a bit. Um, was Shaq Griffin, uh, who went from Seattle to Jacksonville, uh, filling the hole of Jalen Ramsey, I presume. Uh, three or $40 million deal. Well, I don't want to pretend that Shaq Griffin is even in the same Sha – Shaquille Griffin, there's a Shaq Griffin. And Shaquille Griffin. Yeah. Uh, that he's even in the same ballpark as Jalen Ramsey. I mean – You think? No, no, definitely not. Mm. Jalen Ramsey is, like, top three in the league, corner-wise, and uh, – Shaquille Griffin's kind of like he's got that potential. Shaquille Griffin's kind of uh, he's, he's very solid. He's twenty six. Okay, so he's very a young. younger side. Uh, I, I guess I like it. I don't know. They're just kind of throwing some money around and trying to see what sticks. I guess, which just seems like a very Jacksonville Jaguars way of doing things. Um, I, I kind of like it. They need they need help there, obviously. Yeah. So, sure. No, I like it. I think um, he'll he'll 
added dimension to that defense. I think that he'll um, be able to do the same thing that he was doing in Seattle, you know, lock down wide receiver one. And uh, Do you know who's playing opposite of him? No, not off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah, but, I'm not sure. Um, the safety, Jalen Mills, who was in Philadelphia, uh, picks up the bag from New England, uh, who makes another signing. Uh, Four-year, $24 million deal. Uh, pretty good for a safety, I would say. You know, $6 million a year. Um, he, I don't know too much about him. Uh, but, I mean, if New England's signing him, he's probably got some upside. It's just so surprising to see Bill throwing around the bag of money to people, yeah. like actually making a lot of a big lot acquisitions of here. At least, at least now we're talking about last week. You're we talking about how it, we didn't. What's the plan for them, right? Yeah. Like they signed Cam, and we were like, okay, well, now what? Like, what's mm-hmm. your direction? This is a this is a signing along with all their other free agent acquisitions that they're making a pretty clear push. Yeah, they feel like that they're a playoff team and they're they can compete. So yeah, uh, good for them. I would agree with that 100. They they seem to have a plan in place and they're executing it to perfection at the moment never made this many yeah. big free agent signings that i that i can remember but the last time that they paid uh top of market value to a secondary player was stefan gilmore and uh, mm. we all know that that dude is probably the best corner in the nfl yeah probably definitely up there so it's uh it forebodes well for them i would say yeah um lastly the, the last guy we want to touch on uh going to our arch rivals who we can't seem to beat. Patrick Peterson signs a one-year, $8 million deal. I was kind of off on that um, with the Minnesota Vikings. It seems like a good signing for them. I think it's a good fit. Yeah. They needed somebody because I'm pretty sure that core of cornerbacks is extremely young and not very established. So they're defense. a veteran like that. Right, their defense is a is a mixed bag of of pretty young guys and also older yeah. veterans who are getting up there. So he kind of fits the latter. Uh, I mean, he's still got juice for sure. Like he can still play. And like I said, I think on last week's show or the first show, I was saying that uh, he seems like a guy who will go play with his hair on fire when he gets to his new spot. He's been wanting a new change of scenery for a while. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that could happen. And uh, it's. It's going to be a problem for us, probably. I don't know. I don't know how many more yeah. years he's going to be, um, you know, a lethal but, lockdown corner. Yeah. But to his credit, I mean, I mean, we're not very threatening with our wide receiver core at the moment. Hey, Rashad Perryman, man. Yeah. So he probably will have some good games against us. Who knows? I like the signing. Yeah. It seems good for them. You know, this uh, is completely off topic and should probably go into the Lions portion, but who was that at? that we signed from them last season who said oh, he Everson was Griffin. Everson Griffin. Thank yeah. you. I just completely forgot about him. Well, Is he still on our team? He uh he signed a deal with Dallas actually and then and we then traded we, for yeah, him. Yeah, that's right. And I I think that was a two year deal, so I want to say he might still be on this roster. Mm. I'm probably wrong on that, but that will be interesting. Um all right, let's switch over to linebackers. Enough about Everson Griffin. This is what really gets you pumping. Yes. Little, little disappointing that we didn't go after any of these guys. Um, I can understand why. Uh, they seem to have a plan. Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell. 
But it certainly would have been nice to get one of these guys. Um, we'll start out with Bud Dupree, who's going from Pittsburgh to Tennessee on a five-year, $82.5 million deal. Good signing for Tennessee. They seem like they've stripped away a couple pieces on defense, yeah. uh, especially some of the veterans who've been there for a couple years to presumably make room for a big splash signing like this or add some other pieces. But uh, it's a good fit. I, I think Tennessee's I right, think so too. right in that window where they, they are still very much competing. And this is the kind of team where a signing like Bud Dupree makes, makes sense. They're, they're yeah. in the thick of it. Bud Dupree's in his prime. Uh, he doesn't have to do all the work by himself. He's surrounded by a, a pretty you know, talented unit. So I, I like it. I don't know. Their defense was the question last season. You think so? Yeah, because, I mean, they had – I think they had the worst defense when it came to third down conversions. See, the year before, they were so good, though. Yeah. That's what throws me off. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, their defense could not get off the field for the life of them. So, bringing in Bud Dupree, I think, is extremely smart. And you got to pay that guy whatever he wants if you're going to have him on his team, uh, on your team. So, I like that signing. Um, Shaq Barrett, Shaquille Barrett. Uh, stays with Tampa Bay, um, very smart on their part. Four-year, $68 million deal. I think this is another guy that I had a fake contract for. I said five-year, 125 so a tad bit off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I actually had one for Bud Dupree, too. He was four years, 105 so, again, a tad bit off. Um, but, I, I mean – Keeping the band together. What? I I guess that Chris Godwin tag makes a little bit more sense now. We're yeah. kind of scratching our head on it and saying, why wouldn't you tag a guy like Shaq Barrett or one of these defensive pieces? Because those are the guys seemingly you need to keep together. Yeah. But, and they probably had like no doubt, like this guy's going to come back, especially uh, with the contract we're offering him. I'm glad to see him come back. I it's it's really fun to watch him play on this team, and like they they needed him and. Uh, there's not really too much more to say on it. They're just they're, they seem like they're just trying to recreate the magic last year, and uh, uh, I'm not going to be. The, he was a key piece of that. I'm not going to be the one yeah. to tell them they can't do it. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely think that's a great signing for them. Um, circling back to the team that seems to be making the most moves, uh, New England, they signed uh, Baltimore Raven, former Baltimore Raven Matthew Judon, to a four-year, fifty-four point five million dollar deal. This was uh, really surprising. This was the move to kind of start off their, it did. their run. It kicked it off for them. Yeah, I just saw that. I was like, "Whoa, okay!" Like they're adding that expensive of a piece on their defense. Like Bill Belichick's doing that. Yeah, I, I think it's a really good fit. They uh, they they needed to add some juice to their linebacking core, and uh, Judon is a he's a beast. It's going to be a scary defense. Yeah, I I mean that is going to be the key part to that defense now. You think he's going to be kind of the captain of that yeah, defense? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. Especially in that linebacking core, that that front seven uh, core of people. I mean, he is by far – I can't tell you who else is on that front seven. Who is in the linebacking core other than, you know, Kyle Van Noy. Um, I couldn't tell you anything else about that front seven. Um so I think he is by far the most established person and is probably going to be leading that crew out there. Uh, so I think that's a great signing for them. Man, way to stick in Baltimore's uh, Baltimore's face that uh, yeah. I'm out. You're going to go to 
one of their arch rivals. Yeah. I know Baltimore's got a lot seemingly, but certainly, certainly a uh, ginormous middle finger on the way out. Have fun playing for uh, Matt Patricia. <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot about that. I don't think he's not the DC, but all right, let's uh, let's switch it up to defensive lineman uh, Trey Hendrickson. Uh, went from New Orleans to the Cincinnati Bengals on a four-year, $60 million deal. Uh, good for them. You know? uh, this actually is kind of a head-scratcher because they had they had a, a defensive end free agent, uh, Lawson, Carl Lawson. Yeah, that's right. Who is the same age, has played there, mm-hmm. and has been good and got himself a contract somewhere else. Uh, but they – it was for less money than Trey Hendrickson. Yeah. They signed yes, Trey they Hendrickson, who flashed, really flashed last year for New yeah. Orleans, and they let a, a homegrown talent go somewhere else for less. It's kind of confusing to me. Cincinnati always seems like they're very much, we're going to just groom all the talent in-house, and we're going to re-sign our guys, and that's how they've been going for a long time. They're not really big spenders in free agency. So yeah, uh, this was a very confusing move to me. Yeah, yeah. No, now that you put it like that, it, that – Certainly is a uh, rather interesting deal. I'm glad we did not sign him in Detroit. Um, there yeah, was I mean, looking at around. that, looking at that contract, I mean, I would much rather take Romeo at three years, um, 37 mil, than take uh, Trey at four years, 60 million dollar deal. Um, so speaking of the devil, Carl Lawson goes from Cincinnati to the New York Jets on a uh, three-year, $45 million deal. So same amount of money. Again, uh, Carl Lawson is a year younger. So, I mean, I guess Cincinnati really just felt that Trey was better than Carl. I guess. Uh, as far as the New York Jets angle of it, uh, they need help on every side of the ball that they can get. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that they uh, put a little bit of money into someone who's – on the younger side and has a lot of upside still. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have Greg Williams around him to ruin him. So that'll be good. Well, I mean, Greg Williams is a great defensive coordinator, but now he's got Robert Sala. Oh, true, is, true, 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 true. Legit. Great. Defensive yeah. Coordinator. No, defensive coach. Coach. He's much better. Um, all right. Last guy that I want to touch on before I list off some of these names that are still available to you. Um, Yannick Ngakwe. Signs a two-year, $26 million deal with the Las Vegas Raiders. Great signing by them. Yeah, I, I love him, man. Yeah. I think, it's I think that is a steal and a half. Absolutely. We, we talked about it a little bit on the show last week in terms of teams who could use uh, his service. Uh, I mean, you would ideally want to lock him up for four to five years because he's still so dang young. But uh, – Vegas yeah. got some much-needed help on their D-line. The guy who's right in his prime, who is definitely – I wouldn't say he's like top 10 or anything right now, but he's in the upper echelon. He of, is. Of, okay. I, I really think so. I, I'm not saying uh, – what you say, top five? Yeah, I'd say he's probably not the top no. 10. I, th- I think he's around there. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's, I, I think so. Regardless, he's definitely in the upper echelon of, yeah. of you know, defensive. He had running. a pretty crazy season last year. You yeah. know, like it's tough to get momentum when you're flip-flopping teams like that. So constantly, so I guess Jacksonville is more of a sample size that we should look to. Yeah, he's had yeah. he had some. Really but I mean, like he moments. also he had a, a decent season last year, from what I can remember. Um, he had a couple sacks, and whether that was with Baltimore or Minnesota, so I think that you know that's a great signing for them. 
Um, it is, I do kind of wonder um, where this puts uh, Mayock's uh, infamous first-round draft pick, uh, Cleveland Farrell, um, in the situation because he kind of overdrafted him seemingly. He has not – he's been solid, but he's not been – they took him, like, in the top uh, ten. Uh, who? Right. <laughs> they took him in the top ten as a edge rusher, and uh, so far uh, another younger guy, Max Crosby, has, has really outshined him on the defensive line and has been – a much more productive defensive end. So if you have Crosby, who's already pretty good, and then you add Ngakwe, mm-hmm. where does the former top 10 first round draft pick kind of fit into the equation? That's a great question. You can rotate those guys, I guess, and it's a pretty good rotation. Yeah, but, but I mean, is that a is that a rotation piece? Right. So it's a little confusing. Um, yeah, so a couple names that have not been signed yet but uh, are interesting. Um, Geno Atkins. He's not been signed yet? No. 33. I mean, would you take a chance on him? If I'm the Detroit Lions, no. But No? <laughs> no. I mean... Uh, I think we need like a solid defensive tackle. Well, I, I guess. If he's... I don't know. If his, if his contract is kind of friendly and it's not... I just think of... I just naturally think of these guys who are a little older and getting closer to the end and the beginning of their career just like... Why would you want to go play for some bum ass team like the Lions or like someone who's at the bottom of the league right now? Like, yeah. wouldn't you want to go play for a contender? But I guess at the same time, your options are probably also kind of limited because teams yeah. are uh, they're looking probably to, not too keen on signing. It's it's more about the options on the table rather than I'd like to play here kind of thing. So yeah. if it's if I'm a team who's who's close to the top and I just need to add that. Like a Tampa Bay makes complete sense. Like adding mm-hmm. them there if they can afford it. I don't know if they can, but they probably can. I mean, I, I would imagine that Gino's going to get a one year deal. Just watch him sign with the Texans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, another name that you know, God, Jadavion Clowney's twenty eight. Really? I didn't know that. Oh, God, I didn't know he was still out there. I I would have pegged him to be thirty six. <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> oh man. I can't believe that guy's that young. God, I mean, how many teams has he played for? Oh, God. Only three, I think, actually. No, I'm thinking about it. I think he about, played about for to be four Texans. Yeah, Texans, Titans. Dude, he's like Seattle. He's like Nadamakong Su reincarnated because this dude is like, I'm just, I just want my bag of money. Like, yeah. I don't care who it is <laughs> or where. Just like, I want that cash. I mean, I'll go around. His career in general is so interesting to me because. He literally was made on one play, and that was the play against Michigan in whatever bowl they were in where he literally just blew past an offensive lineman and literally knocked the living out of a running back, recovered recovered the fumble that he created. And after that, he was like, I'm the best defensive lineman in the draft for the past 20 years. You know what? Compare these two, okay? You have Devion Clowney, number one overall pick by Houston, and then you have uh, Miles Garrett, the number one overall pick by Cleveland. Oh, Miles and Garrett they play the same seems, position. Miles Garrett seems to lay years ahead. That's what I'm thinking. Right? They, yeah. they were smart. They locked him up for a couple of years. Yeah. They got him under under contract, and that dude is a wrecking oh, monster. Devion yeah. Clowney has been a very good defensive Very player. good. Yeah. Elite. Definitely, yeah. but mm-hmm. but number one overall pick, I don't yeah. think it's panned out to that. No, no, I, I would definitely agree. And I, I mean, again, in like recent years, I mean, he hasn't done much. I remember Seattle traded 
They, well, actually, I was going to say they traded a bunch, but well, they didn't. They traded like a third round pick because Houston doesn't know what they're, what they're doing. So yeah. they traded basically nothing for him. And uh, cool. I mean, if he can find somewhere that will pay him the money he wants, because I'm sure that's the big stipulation right now. I'm mm-hmm. sure there are lots of teams who are mm-hmm. salivating at the chance to have him on the roster, but are you going to pay the dude? $16 million for one year to come play for you. Because I mean, the fact that he's 28 is just wild. That's wild to me. He's got a lot of treading tires left. Yeah. Um, all right, two more names I want to throw out there that are kind of inter- – actually, you know what? Now I'm looking at it. One quick name, Everson Griffin, is a free agent. Okay, that's good to know. 34 years old. Won't be coming back to Detroit. Don't sure. come back. Yeah. Um, somebody who <laughs> – let me just throw it out there. I think it would be interesting if he came back. Nadama Kansu. Uh I like it. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, why not? So he is a free agent right yeah, now? Yeah, he's 34. Uh, One year. Well, just as a pure nostalgia trip, yeah. that'd be fun to see him come back. Uh, we, we need help on the on the D-line. Yeah. So I, we could use a good defensive tackle, and I mean, I don't think he's that bad. It's actually kind of a nasty, you know, like, defensive line to think about if you had Aquara, Michael Sue. Brockers, and Sue. Yeah, I mean, and, and Trey Flowers. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what the last one, but, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, he's still out there. So, I mean, that's interesting. He'll, he'll get it. He'll get work. Uh, and I, yeah, he will 100%. My money says he ends up back in Tampa. Yeah, um, I wouldn't but, be shocked. But, yeah. Um, how much money do they have at this point? I don't know. Yeah, great question. Um, all right. Last guy that I wanted to touch on Ryan Kerrigan uh, from uh, Washington, 33 years old, defensive end. I mean, do you take a shot on him? Um, Obviously not at this point for Detroit. No. Because, I mean, we got our defensive ends. Uh, I guess. I mean, he's he's been pretty good his whole career. He's been consistently one of the leaders in that defense. I'm yeah. surprised they let him go. Yeah, me too, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm of course we're saying that, but – he could very well end up back in Washington. That's a good point yeah. that we kind of last week we were kind of all the guys who didn't get the tag or whatever. We were like, okay, yeah, where are they leaving? Yeah, a lot of guys but, yeah. did sign back too, yeah. so it's a possibility. Um, but you know what? Now I'm thinking about it. You know where he would be a great fit? And I'm just thinking this because I don't know why, but I New England. I mean, come on. Yeah, well, that seems like a New England signing, does it not? He kind of seems like he's like a Patriot way kind yeah, of Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I, I imagine, imagine the damage Matt Patricia could cook up with, with that guy. <laughs> yeah, no, it would be interesting. Um, all right, what do you, what do you say we switch over to some Lions talk? Yeah, we got to talk about their acquisitions, and then we're also going to take a uh, walk down memory lane with Matthew Stafford. Get the tissues. All right, now we're switching it over to the good part of the show. Just kidding. The entire show is phenomenal. But the Detroit Lions have been making some free agent signings, uh, been making some trades, so uh, some pretty interesting stuff. To be expected because this roster is a skeleton crew right yeah, now. So. absolutely. So let's take a look at who's going to be filling this skeleton crew. Um, we – have kind of touched on it already, but uh, thank God Romeo Cora is back. Absolutely. Three-year, $37 million deal. Great signing, in my opinion. We Well worth it. We were talking about it uh, in our 
in our franchise tag uh, segment last mm-hmm. week, just saying how uh, it wouldn't make any sense for us to let him walk and then go sign a Trey Hendrickson or someone yeah. like that. So I'm so glad to see he's back. I really thought he was going to go get a bag of money. I thought he was going to leave too. So that makes me ecstatic that he's back. And I'm, I'm pumped he wants to be here. Like he, yeah. he, he was through this show with uh-huh. Patricia and Quinn. And he still is like, I've got faith that we're going to be good. I'm going to stay here. He gets to play with his brother still. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love him. He's, he's by far the best player on a defensive line, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so in the quarterback position, we sign – We got, I mean, we'll touch on it a little bit later, but we trade for Jared Goff. That officially goes through. Yep. And then we sign the Green Bay Packer, Tim Boyle. Uh, oh, I didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah, no, he signs for a, a one-year, $2.5 million deal. He's obviously just going to be the backup. Well, it uh, sounds like – as of this recording, I don't know what the situation is, but it sounds like uh, Chase Daniel was shot, and then no, cut. no one came back, so he was yeah. cut. He was yeah. cut. Yeah, he was cut. Okay, yeah. so we had to eat some money with that, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, saying. but you know what? See you later. Yeah. <laughs> um, good riddance. Tim Boyle, I mean, I has anybody ever seen him play in uh, professional? I guess just preseason. Probably, but... but yeah. I mean, I mean it, who knows? It makes sense for him not to go back to Green Bay because of um, they or have they Jordan Love. Jordan, Jordan Love, yeah. So it, not much of a role for him there. Yeah. Um, I QB too. Yeah, I, I like it right now. I, yeah. I think I'd still like to see them make another acquisition, whether it's the draft or by the time the dust settles when all the free agents are kind of I, signed. Let's see what happens. I think that's it for this year, in my opinion. I don't think there's any chance that they take somebody in the draft. But Goff did have an interesting comment about that um, during his press conference on Friday. Um, somebody asked him, like, have you talked with Brad and Dan uh, about drafting a QB at seven? Yeah, he's basically just like, it's not my job. He, he said, don't ask me that question. <laughs> he didn't say that exactly, but he basically said, you know, like, we have had conversations about it, and I'll let them answer that. So, um, and then Brad Holmes obviously just deflected and was like, I can't rule anything out at a top 10 draft pick, which phenomenal answer. Completely agree. I, I, yeah, I like this signing in terms of just uh, let's, let's boost Jared Goff up. Yeah. This gives him a chance. Like if this is it, if this yeah. is the only two quarterbacks in the depth chart, I really do think it will be. Then I think that's the best thing for Goff possible. Yeah. Because if we really do feel like we're going to roll the dice on him and see if he's got anything. To I, I definitely think they give him a year. You need to give him a chance. Yeah. So. This, this makes so, sense in that regard. I definitely think they give him a year, and then next year they probably draft somebody. I would hope and pray that they let him sit behind Goff for a year. So give Goff two years. Let him sit behind Goff for a year. Let's see if he can pick it up, and then let him start the third year. I'm telling you, man, I, I think based on that press conference that, that Goff had and the way that Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell have been talking about him, I think they really want to see if he's legit and they, they can give him yeah. a legit shot. I, I, that's why I think it's two years. I don't know if they're going to take a QB unless they just have the dream scenario sitting there at seven. Yeah, no, I think, you know, if if he plays good this year, I don't think they take quarterback unless it's, you know, like fourth or fifth round. Right. Which, I mean, at that point, you're taking a backup. So um, remember how good Brad Kaya was? Who? Who's next? <laughs> um. Jamal Williams, we signed him to a two-year, $6 million deal. Another Green Bay Packer, um, 
I like the signing um, because I think he is good. I think he will serve well as an RB2. Part of me oh. doesn't like the signing because I'm a big fan of carry-on. I was going to say, you're just slapping in an RB2. Yeah. Oh, wow. No, I, yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely think he will be. Um, but it pains me to say that because I am a big fan of carry-on. And I think that he just continuously with this team gets the shaft. Uh, I am also kind of bummed to see carry-on kind of get sidelined here. I know. Me too. I mean, it's a huge bummer. But maybe maybe it's just a three, yeah. three rotation. Maybe Swift is the main guy. Maybe you put you know Jamal Williams on like third down plays, and maybe Carry On's kind of just like a Swiss Army knife to put him in, mm-hmm. in just like situational spots. And I think they they have a committee, so it makes sense to add another piece. But he's a pretty, he's a pretty prominent piece, which is why it's he kind is. of like a, I don't want to say a head scratcher, but it's kind of, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, the other part, the other aspect of this that makes me nervous for Carry On is that. Carry on is solidified on the team as the pass blocking running back. Jamal Williams is good at that too. Okay. He's one. Of, he's one of the better backs in the league at that aspect of the game. So it uh, almost feels like Jamal is replacing Carry on, which I don't like, but it's fine. Um, at the wide receiver position, we have two signings. Um, that core gets some much-needed attention. Um, still not very good, whether, whether or not it's phenomenal or not. But well, you're throwing around the word phenomenal. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's definitely not. Um, but it gets some much-needed attention and some, you know, like throwaway contracts. Well, the two, the two, it's Tyrell Williams, right. one year, four million dollar deal. Rashard Perriman, one year, three million dollar deal. You remember how we talked about with the Cardinals? We were like, man, we really hope that JJ Watt and AJ Green go out there and play a full sixteen games and don't get injured. Yeah, uh, it's the same thing with these two. You think? Yeah, because Tyrell Williams has been banged up. He was banged up last year. Uh, mm. There's a reason he didn't resign with with Vegas or get. I don't think he got much more interest around the league. And Perryman has been very flash in the pan. Sometimes he looks like unbelievable. Sometimes he's like, who? Where is he? Yeah. So I'll be completely honest with you. I didn't I didn't know either of these guys. Yeah, Perryman's kind of Perryman's kind of bounced around. He was a first round pick by the Baltimore Ravens. Wow, really? I did not know that. And then uh, and then he went to the Bucks and then he went to the Jets. And I think of both those teams, he kind of he had his moments, but was ultimately expendable for, for those teams who, by the way, uh, the Bucks when they did let him walk, they they were trending upward on the receiver depth chart. Like they had a pretty solid Mike, Mike Evans mm-hmm. and Godwin. They didn't have what they have now, which is like yeah. they, they so many weapons growing in trees. Uh, so they, they let him walk, and the, but the Jets let him walk. And the Jets have like – Garbage receivers. So, well, I mean, they were making room for what they have now. I guess is a good crew. I don't know, man. It's it seems like it's it's either really gonna miss or it's or it's gonna hit. I, I don't. Have My thing is like it's it's whatever. Like you know, we're we're shipping this season as much as Jared Goff said in his press conference. This is not a rebuild. But that's exactly. So I don't know why you're saying that stuff? Yeah, um, 
I mean, he can't say he can't come out and be like, "Yeah, we're rebuilding." Why not though? Uh, Why not? It's just it, you know we are for looks. I mean, it has to be. So like you know, you don't want your your head quarterback, the guy that you just traded for, coming out there and being like. Yeah, I expect us to lose this season. He's going to look even more dumb, though, if it ends up being that, oh, I don't think this team needs to rebuild, and then we end up going 2-14. and 14. Well, I mean, like, he can't he, he can't come out and say that. He just can't. It's it's a mentality thing, I guess. You know? Like, he can't just be like, oh, yeah, I mean, we're going to be horrible this season. Um, The – I'm sorry, real quick, again, on the wide receiver court. Who's wide receiver one this season? Who do you think? Um, is it Cephas? Probably Tyrell Williams. You mean? think? Yeah, Cephas didn't. He didn't do enough last year to really cement himself as a. I mean, I guess on a on a, I, on a garbage roster, I would put him bare minimum wide receiver two. You have to opinion. see what you have. With that. Yeah. So I absolutely. I, I would say yeah. Number one is Williams. Number two, Cephas. Three, number three, Paramount and. Don't do they, forget. Do we they, also do they draft at seven? Do they draft a wide receiver at seven? Um, no. From our Twitter feed, it does seem like people want them to draft that at seven. I don't want them to. You know, it's so scary to get somebody later. I've I've seriously, there were some mocks going around, and I was listening to some local radio, and they were talking about the possibility of the Lions drafting Kyle Pitts. Yeah, and I, if they I've seen that, that too. So Lucas just shuddered in real time. By the way, he like I saw him like he jumped a little bit when I said that. <laughs> so there are people saying that, but the belief is he won't play tight end because he has a very wide receiver build. He's very extremely pass catching focus. So a lot of people believe that he's just going to transition into a wide receiver role once he makes it to the league. So if they do pick him at seven, while I won't be ecstatic, I won't be flipping the f- out. Well, they better they better come out day one and say, hey, we he's not guaranteed to be a tight end. We don't know yeah. what he's going to be. Well, they have to because, well, I mean, my Lord, would that be a <laughs> I know. horrible. With Hawkinson, Josh Hill, we just signed. And he's from Florida Yeah, with – Jared Davis and T's Tabor at the same school. We don't have a good track record. <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah. All right, who's next? Um, well, we, I mean, we just touched on him a little bit. So Josh Hill comes over from New Orleans on a one-year, $1.2 million deal. It's like – I like it. Yeah. Why not? I mean, good Dan, backup tight end. Dan Campbell just working with people that he's familiar with, and mm-hmm. uh, he's he clearly saw enough that he liked him. So – at this point, you know, are we the Detroit Rams or are we the Detroit Saints? How old is he? Uh, he is 31. All right, so a little on the older side, yeah. but it's a, now that Jesse James is gone, it's a good it's a good backup spot for Hawkinson, yes. I'm sure. Yes, and a more affordable, more, you know, it makes sense with this contract. And maybe, too, it's one of those things where uh, he comes over from New Orleans working with a lot with Dan Campbell because Dan Campbell was the yeah. tight ends coach in mm-hmm. New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, maybe he can kind of guide Hawk and say, Hey, this is, you know, in this system, mm-hmm. do this, do that. A good like, bet. Exactly. A good yeah. presence for Hawkinson. So I think it's mostly beneficial move in that department. As far as his production on the field, I don't expect too much, but uh, for Hawk, it's good. Yeah. So uh, on the defensive side, we signed Charles Harris, 
who um I didn't know that. Yeah, he was a former first round pick. Uh he played in Miami for a couple of years. He went to Atlanta last year, I think, uh, or maybe a couple seasons ago, and we signed him to a one year $1.75 million deal. A lot of people are looking at it like a rotational piece on the defensive line. Um, he had a couple sacks in Atlanta last year. So <clears throat> I don't hate it. You know, it, again, it's a throwaway contract. It's it's one year. It's 1.75 mil. Who cares? Um, with somebody who hasn't compl- hasn't gotten to their full potential, you know? Like he's a first round pick for a reason. Yeah. People saw potential in him. So, you know, like maybe with with more a rotational piece and coming in and who knows, maybe does a couple things here and there and can kind of show what he's made of. So we just need players. So yeah. Exactly. Contracts like this that uh let's roll the dice and see what happens. Uh, yeah. That's those are the kind of moves you can't that like that. Yeah. yeah. Um obviously touching on Aquora. And then uh, we trade, uh, God, what was it, a sixth, seventh round pick for Michael Brockers from the Rams? We should also talk about the fact that Michael Brockers, I think maybe a day or two before the trade, has a quote floating out there saying that the Rams are getting a big upgrading quarterback from so, jumping Matthew Stafford to Jared Goff. I was talking to my dad about this, and have you listened to that interview? Let's take okay, out so yes, from from my understanding, this is what my dad is telling me. So who knows? Um, from my understanding, that that was really like egged on. Like they were saying, like they were literally trying to get him to say oh. Stafford is better than Goff. That's toxic. So yeah. So I don't I don't read too much into it. They got him dirt cheap. Yeah, that's nothing. Yeah, I mean, yeah give me a for break. a trade, uh, and then re-sign him to a three-year, $24 million deal, which I don't hate that either. Like, they're establishing a defensive line, and if he is good, then by all means, like, let's get this thing settled out. Let's get it figured out. He's a bit older, though. That's, that's one of the things that's kind of a – You know, at this point, I really don't think that's what we need. Um, you know, like, obviously – we. I think that that is a very possible position that we draft. 30, 30 years old. Okay. So yeah, I mean that would be that would be ideal for you know for us to draft a, a guy in that position either this year or next year. You know, let him sit behind him, let him learn, let him get you know up to speed, and then throw him out there and see what we got. He's a yeah, he's a good player, and I, I guess I believe he was a captain on the Rams defense, which obviously that is a well-established defense. These Rams transactions, I'm just, I'm having to think that Brad Holmes, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that he understands the the character of these guys and that he yeah. understands the players that he's acquiring. So I guess I'll drink the Kool-Aid on it and I kind of like it. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything's an improvement over last year's unit, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then on the special teams, we signed back two key pieces of that portion. Jalen uh, Reeves Maven, yeah, right, yeah. Well, he's that's his name. He's more of a linebacker, but he is. But he's like he's critical to our special teams, okay. and that's where he plays mostly. Okay. Um, and Dan Molbeck or Don Molbeck, uh, who's a long snapper. He's forty years the old. Goat, that's yeah. all he does. Uh, so 
fantastic, terrific. I thought I thought you were starting to chuckle. I thought you were going to talk about Fat Randy. Oh, speaking of special teams, speaking of special teams, Fat Randy, uh, coined by PFT from part of my take. Uh, a downgrade from Matt Prater, no doubt, no doubt. But yeah, all right, <laughs> yeah, cool. Okay, <laughs> you know, like. Like, let's just pray that he can hit some field goals. I don't know. Why didn't we keep Prater? If we're if we're bringing just another veteran in, like, what was the harm with keeping Prater? He's been a consistent <laughs> kicker for us. I mean, it, it's got to be a cheaper deal. Yeah, I mean, like, it seems like that's what they're doing with every position. We're going to need a lot of a lot of field goals next year, though, to even have some semblance of of a scoring team. No way, dude. Goss going to throw for sixty touchdowns. Okay, 60 is a pretty high number. He's going to break the record. I was thinking more of the 45-50 realm. But. Yeah. Um, we obviously cut a lot of people. Um, this past week it was Joe Dahl and um, – oh, God, who did we cut on the defensive end or the defensive line? Danny Shelton, who we signed last year. No, he, he, was, he wasn't bad last year, I, I think – that defense was a dumpster fire, as we've touched on many yeah. times. But um, him and Jamie Collins were actually somewhat decent additions. Who they came in and they weren't great necessarily, but they they definitely were good role players and they were consistently some of the better parts of that awful defense. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm, he was owed some money though, so I'm, I'm kind of ambivalent. They're they're leaving. they're cutting those contracts. They just didn't. Sense. I've been hearing an interesting term about what's going on with this team right now. They're they're bloodletting. <laughs> they're just they're just like, look, it sucks right now. We just we got to gut this thing. We yeah. got to get rid of these garbage contracts, and we got to we got to start from ground zero. And that's that's cool with me. Um, and you know, interesting, interesting thought. Coleman gets cut, goes to Miami on a one year two point five seven. $2.75 million deal. Bob Quinn was paying that guy $9 million a year. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Smartest man in the room, brother. So, I like what they're doing. Um, I like a lot of these signings. I think the draft is going to be where yeah. we're going to see the biggest amount of just overall just change and, like, turnaround of this roster. It is going to be so interesting to see what they do at seven. We've got a lot of holes to fill. Yeah, whether it's trade down, draft a wide receiver, draft a linebacker, which, fingers crossed. um, Actually, you know, it would be phenomenal would be that San Francisco trade where we trade down to 11 and still get Micah Parsons. That'd be unbelievable. Um, So... Golly, that is going to be exciting. Well, lots of coverage on that, but uh, as we eat closer to it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, now switching gears. Uh, still talking about Lions, but I'm uh, going to touch on a uh, rather touchy subject. The official trade of Matthew Stafford for Jerry Goff and what was it? Two first-round picks and a third-round pick? Yeah, first a first-round pick in next year's draft. So the twenty twenty. Two draft and then the 2023 draft. You got one. We also got a third round pick for this year's draft. Yeah. So that officially goes through. Jerry Goff is a lion. We saw his press conference um, on Friday. Uh, Believe it or not, Matthew Stafford has had his first press conference. I didn't watch on Friday. Uh, I saw one little clip where (laughs) people are speculating that he was also watching Jerry Goff's press conference at the same time. 
oh, really? his press conference was going on. Um, so yeah, I'm it uh, end of an era. I wonder if he felt weird during that, like Rams press conference, just watching Jared. If, if he was watching Jared Goff be introduced to the quarterback, of the Detroit Lions. Like, yeah, I wonder if he was just kind of like, okay, whoa, this is weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, to 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 just start it off here. I never thought this day would come. No, I thought I Dude, always thought Stafford tough. would be a lion until the day he retired. Yeah, um, I also saw a TikTok that was just so strange, where um, it was the Rams, the official account, mm-hmm. and they were um, taking a video of Stafford walking into what is it, LoFi yeah, Stadium LoFi. or SoFi? Sorry, SoFi Stadium for the first time, and you know they had big banner up on there saying like welcome to LA Matt and uh you know he, he's kind of just taking a look at it for the first time and um they put they put the uh vocals from lose yourself by Eminem on there and I was like piss off yeah you know? like that's our guy too you can't use that I bet he was thinking the same thing and probably thinking like <laughs> uh, all right yeah uh so yeah, it's official. I start I mean, playing some Jack White after. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's it's going to be a, a very interesting year. Obviously, the Rams are full go. This is our guy. We're going to make a run for the Super Bowl. We believe that this is the quarterback. Lions, on the other hand, you know, we're rolling out Goff. I assume he's going to be QB1 this year. Um and it's kind of a you know a test. It's it's trying to see does he have the juice? Does is he a QB one in this league? Let's let's talk about the uh, about the trade itself because uh-huh. uh, we weren't really sure if Stafford was going to get moved um, as this se- this offseason approached. Uh, when when Brad Holmes yeah got hired, uh, he it was very up in the air. He smartly played it. And said, uh, "We don't know yet, and you know we're we're going to weigh all of our options here." And I think I think the people in Detroit were kind of assuming it was the end after the Patricia era, just because uh, Stafford is in he's in the, the window of his career right now, where he's he's got to start gotta making go. some moves. He's, he's got go. if he wants to really win, and he does. I mean, yeah, don't don't get it twisted because he's been here for twelve years and he's been on this bum ass team for so long, but he doesn't want to be a winner. Uh, mm-hmm. He he wanted to go get a chance to compete, and um, the Lions found a, a pretty accommodating trade for both sides. I think I think Brad Holmes' history so. yeah. with the Rams was really beneficial here. Um, the, the relationship with Jared Goff and Sean McVay seemingly has kind of fallen apart. So Brad Holmes did a lot of studying on Jared Goff when they drafted him and had seen him develop in LA, and he just thought this was a slam dunk trade. If we can, if we can get a starter back and trade Stafford to a spot where he can contend and compete and Stafford wanted to go to LA. He, that was his destination that he approved of. He yeah. liked. So really the trade itself, not even talking about all the draft capital because we got two first round picks out this trade. I yeah. Mean, that's, that's crazy. Um, it, it was, it was a win for, for all parties involved. I think, you know, right now, somebody who's looking at it, you know, from a, they're not, extremely informed on the NFL, stuff like that might look at it as a very lopsided trade. Oh, that the but, Rams gave up an arm and a leg, yeah, right? Yeah, but when you think about contracts and how they're involved, it makes more sense because Goff's contract, they obviously had to unload Goff and his contract because it's so big and it takes up so much cap 
Yeah, I think I think it's pretty well established at this point that that the the two first round picks, yes, one of yeah. them is for directly Matthew Stafford, but the other one is kind of for taking on Jared Goff. Yeah, exactly. Because he's got a big contract, and I think yeah, as you're saying, people who maybe aren't as educated in this area will kind of look at the the head, the big headline and see, mm-hmm. wow, is Stafford worth two ones, and then Carson Wentz gets like a you know yeah. half that. I mean, like yeah. if that makes exactly. sense. So it's a different scenario, but ultimately, I think this trade is going to benefit everyone if Stafford pans out in LA, which they're getting a they're getting an absolute warrior. I mean, this yeah. dude, this dude, every single week that he was playing, he was giving it his all, and even mm-hmm. weeks where he was banged up, he was he was pounding the table to be out starting and playing, yeah. and like he he left nothing on the field. No yeah, and I mean, um, you know, we we kind of want to touch on like some of our favorite moments uh, during this segment. And without a doubt, you know, one of mine came from just this past season where I think it was right after the Titans game and somebody asked him, you know, like, you're obviously so banged up, um, you know, why don't you just take a take a step back and, you know, hang up the cleats for the season? And he came back and he fired this off with, uh, you know, not a ton of passion, but he didn't need a lot of passion to deliver the message. And it's still, you know, it, it it really like hit home for a lot of Detroit fans where he was like, you know, a lot of people depend on me. A lot of, you know, I'm a Detroit Lion and my guys are working their ass off every day to go out there and play. So if I'm cleared to play, I'm the starting, you know, starting quarterback for the Detroit Lions, I'm going to play. And, you know, like that embodies him to like a perfect perfect sense yeah you know like that's who he was if he can go out there and play he's gonna go out there and play he's gonna play his ass off yeah ever ever since he was taken number one overall in the 2009 nfl draft uh he he had some he had some bad injuries in his early yeah career and uh i mean one of his most infamous plays is when he when you know he got his, his collarbone right and he came back in the same game Threw a touchdown pass to beat the arguably Browns. the greatest mic'd up moment. Oh yeah, of all time. Oh yeah, I know it's got millions of views on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, it's it's legendary. He's um, got two of them. He's got that <laughs> one, and then he's got against Dallas. Oh yeah, where Calvin goes down at the one, and the clock's still running. Clock it, and he's going clock it, clock it, and then he does the fake, uh, the fake clock, and leaps over for the touchdown. That, and that was going to be the people, moment. Yeah, yeah, one of my favorite all-time moments. I was going to mention that one. That one's amazing. Yeah, that's, so great. Just, that's, that's one of those things where it's like, thank God, mic'd up stuff exists yeah. because it just, yeah. it had so much like depth to that moment. Like it was already amazing mm-hmm. just to see it happen, but uh, yeah, it was so awesome. He he, he did so many phenomenal things when he was here as yeah, a quarterback. I mean, really this, this franchise has never, ever had a quarterback like him. He no. just go out there and sling it and get 5,000 yards passing, yeah. break records. And and the, yeah, and I, mean, I was going to say the stats show it. Yeah. I mean, he's he's the franchise record holder for basically every quarterback stat possible. It always felt like when he was here that, that the direction of the team was, okay, we have an A-plus quarterback. Let's, let's see what we can try and do to help him out, but – Ultimately, just never got there. We never got there. And uh, I mean, the biggest stat I think people are unfortunately going to remember about his tenure here is that he he never won a playoff game. And he was here for 11, 12 years. And uh, this league is results driven. And uh, I don't know. I think it's a good time to be turning the page on on this chapter of of Lions history. But 
you know, he's he's been such a consistently great player, and he was legit a lot of times the only reason that we would go out on the field on Sunday and actually even have a chance to win. Yeah. I mean, he there was that one season where we had like five eight. or six like fourth quarter. I think it was eight, eight something like that. fourth quarter comebacks, and it was like a new league record. And yeah. uh, he was pretty much the reason that we were in any of those games. Yeah, so it, it's it's interesting to see this team now where we have yeah we have Jared Goff and you know we've got. It's seen the, the semblance of a plan is starting to kind of mm-hmm. form here, but like, uh, it, it feels weirdly lacking direction without him. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's hard to kind of like put it into words, but, but he, uh, he was always the rock that we built this thing on and he's not here anymore. So it's a little, a little strange still. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to like my other favorite moment for him and then I'll stop talking about favorite moments but the the play that I feel like embodies him the most was against Tennessee a couple of years back on a QB scramble and you know he he hardly ever slid he ever like right. like went down not he the most mobile ran a linebacker over i mean literally laid him out and then picked up the first. He uh, he got like weirdly more physical and mobile the longer he's mm-hmm. been here too. By the way, like when he started out here, uh, he was not not that kind of quarterback at all. But the further yeah. along that it went, you'd see him scramble a little bit more. He'd kind of make some plays with his legs yeah. a little bit more, and um, he got I think more athletic. Honestly, the longer that he was here, he kind of developed his game around the league. So uh, I think the Rams are getting a really good quarterback and. Uh, it's hard to say if, if this if this trade is going to be, you know, I'm using air quotes, like worth it. Like who knows? Because the Rams are looking to get a Super Bowl out of this. That's that's their end. Uh, yeah. And I mean that's that's the end all be all for the Rams. Uh, so it's it, only worth it to them if they get there. And it's a really tough spot to get to. It is one hundred percent, especially in that division. Yeah, he's going to the hardest division in the NFL, arguably. Without a doubt. Yeah, I don't even know if you can throw up arguably, because I mean, like that division is stacked. But he's coming into the best situation he's ever had as an NFL quarterback because oh, by he's far. got their defense was number one yeah, last year, by far the best defense in the league. He's got a lot of weapons. That offense is no joke. You know, like he can lead that team. And, and Sean McVay's mind. Yeah, I mean, Sean McVay, great McVay, coach. McVay is is a very very good coach, and he clearly – I mean, I don't want to harp on Jared Goff here, but he uh, he definitely made the most out of Jared Goff with what he was given. You know, he, he pushed them to a Super Bowl at one point with yeah. him, and uh, we'll see what happens with Goff here. But I, I got to think that Matthew Stafford's an upgrade, no doubt, um, and uh, I think he's going to get a lot out of him for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a great segue. So let's let's flip the script. Let's start talking about the line a little bit more. And Jared Goff, I mean, did you have any, you know, takeaways from that first press conference? He seemed a little sheepish, uh, yeah. if I was being honest. I mean, he did I, seem a little bit nervous. Yeah, and I, I don't blame him. Uh, but overall, he seemed very he seemed very positive. Mm-hmm. And uh, at times, he did seem a little more confident. And, like, he – He did seem more confident as time went on. Uh, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And uh, – I don't know. He, it was interesting. I, I don't have a whole lot of takeaways. It was a lot of just gener- like generic press conference speech. It did, but yeah. uh, it, it definitely 
sunk in that this is like real and this is really happening to see him like doing the press conference, uh, seeing him go to the locker room, get his number 16 Jersey. Mm -hmm. I mean, like it's just weird to actually see it in reality that, that he is our quarterback now. And, um, he's a very likable guy. Don't get me wrong. He is, but yeah. And weirdly, one thing that kind of connects the two of them, I feel like, is when Stafford was here, I, I get the same kind of vibe with Jared Goff. They don't really like strike me as the guys who are very rah rah. I'm I'm the leader of the locker yeah. room, and like he's not like a Drew Brees. Like They're a Drew very Brees. quiet leader. I don't even know. I don't. Even well, I mean, you can't you can't say that about Goff. Obviously, I mean. You can and you can't, but Stafford, that was that was him. You know, he's a very quiet leader. I just look. I look at guys like Breeze and and Brady. Those guys are like they're not. They're very, leading. The they're very way. vocal too. Peyton yeah. Manning, like you know, those guys are like those are everyone in the locker room looks to them. Yeah, and and those guys would like reciprocate, and they would they would lead the team. And Stafford sometimes it kind of felt like he didn't really. He just wanted to go out there and ball. He didn't yeah. really want to do all the other stuff. And that's not to discredit him. I'm just kind of making an observation here, but yeah. Um, he lied in his own way. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And golf kind of feels similar to me in that respect. He doesn't mm-hmm. strike me as that kind of guy. So yes, a couple of things that I took away. Um, we touched on a little bit, but the idea that he doesn't see this as a rebuild. Um, and I, I do believe that he has to say that, but that's very interesting. Um, his identity with the fans and this city is going to be very interesting as well, because when he was talking about it, you know, he basically was like, you know, Matt and I are not that different when it comes to, you know, I'm a tough guy, you know, I I can take hits. Um, I don't think that he can play that role. I don't think that you can come in and try to be another Matthew Stafford because, you know, like we, we just had that. I think he has to come in and kind of forge your own way. Yeah. Right. And uh, something that, you know, Brad Holmes and I think golf touched on a little bit too, is I, I think this can be his identity is that he's an established winner. Um. And as much as, you know, like he wasn't, you know, QB1, he was QB1 last season with the Rams. They won games. They went to the playoffs. They won a game in the playoffs. And they ran into a good Green Bay team. So whether, you you know, you agree with it or not, I, I feel like you can't argue that he is an established winner. And it's a team sport, you know, but have the Lions even ever had a quarterback that has been starting in a Super Bowl? Uh, like, I'm not even no. kidding around. Like, have they? No, <laughs> I don't no think idea. so. I was going to say the only other quarterback that I could think of that was like somewhat of an established winner was Dante Culpepper. Yeah. And that was the twilight years of his career, yeah, too. That was definitely towards the end. So let, let me ask this about Stafford. Um, I think I think something that you read a lot in comments and you it's kind of a popular opinion um, around you know the NFL is that the Detroit Lions have wasted Matthew Stafford's career. Uh, yeah. Do you see it that way? And, I, and yeah. I, I know that we're kind of biased because we're fans, yeah, but but 
the fact that he hasn't won a playoff game, the fact that he never got to go to lead this team to the promised land, the fact that we always bottom out as a middle of the road at best team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, do you feel like that his time here was ultimately for not, you know, something else to add on to that list of, you know, negative things that people say, you know, uh, what was his stat Padford? Oh, stat Padford. Yep. And it's like, what do you want him to do? You know, like you can say that he's stat Padford, but he's down in the fourth quarter. They have to throw the ball. You're expecting him to lay down and die. Like there's not a player in the NFL that's going to do that. Right. You know, like that argument is so stupid. I, I think people just generate that argument from seeing yeah, poor win loss totals, exactly. but good QB stats. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, like it's so stupid because he's not going to sit there and be like, all right, well, we lost. So I'm, I'm going to say that he, uh, that he did not. Yeah. No, I was going to say, you know, it wasn't wasted. He had a great career in Detroit. The and best while, quarterback career in franchise history. Yeah. No and doubt. while that, you know, it didn't translate to wins, that's not on him, first of all. It 100% is not on him. And he did all he could, you know. He he left it out there on the field every single game. Absolutely. I agree. So, no, I don't think it's I don't think it was wasted. I mean, he had a historic career with Detroit. And the other thing is, you know, like you call him Stat Pad for all you want. He's a good QB. I mean, like bad QBs in that situation, they can't do that. They can't get those stats. They can't throw the ball like he can. You know, like if we if we have freaking Dwayne Haskins in there for all that time, you think he puts up the same numbers that Matthew Stafford does? No, no. definitely not. No, you can't. I'm just hoping that whether it's Goff or or maybe we get lucky in the draft and we, you know, Zach Wilson falls into our laps or something, or next year if there's a top prospect, if we tank. I mean, I'm just hoping whoever it is, I hope that we can find someone who has as much just like juice to this team as Matthew yeah. Stafford. I mean, there is there there are so many mediocre to forgettable quarterbacks out there and like he mm-hmm. was like controversial or not, he was like definitively one of the best quarterbacks that we've ever had and made us by far made us actually like competent at times and watchable mm-hmm. and very fun to watch sometimes yeah. too. So I hope we can just find someone who kind of embodies that spirit and can keep, yeah. keep carrying that on here. All right. That's going to do it uh, for us. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gridiron Zeros. Um, we really enjoy making this podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to it. Um, longest one yet i think i think so yeah and obviously it was because there was ten thousand transactions we we Uh, didn't even hit all of them no no not even close yeah yeah so sorry if we missed somebody that you wanted to hear us talk about but um obviously extremely difficult for (laughs) us to cover everything that happened this past week so um Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week when we touch on everything that happens this upcoming week. Yeah, make sure to uh, give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, we have a newly founded account, uh, yeah. and uh, we're also on YouTube, Spotify. So just search for Gridiron Zeros. And uh, right now, our, our fan base is basically non-existent, so we're trying to uh, <laughs> we're trying to boost it up a little yeah. bit more and uh, absolutely spread the word. So. Yeah.
All right. Well, thank you. And we'll uh, catch you next week. Later. calling course banquet yellow tags oh god <laughs> he's got me on the yellow tag game now it's fucking great it was it really pissed me off when he started calling yellow tags it really annoyed me but then i just started calling him yellow tags now you're just like you know what, like like you know what? Like that's it. actually nice